Good afternoon, this is Dr. B. The question I'd like to answer today is what is naltrexone? Or oftentimes you guys know it as Vivitrol. It was discovered in a laboratory in the 1960s. And uh, if you read the history of uh, all of these medications, it goes back to issues of one, treating pain, which really sort of kicked off from the 1920s on in the United States in the search for medications that are good, non-addicting, pain medication that can replace opiates. And eventually a branch of that research led off to the 60s coming up with naltrexone. And what they were searching for at the time was what is a good medication to uh, deal with the addiction. Uh, basically it was a med medication they were searching for it as a replacement therapy for heroin, for morphine, etc. As it turned out when they, and what it is, is that it is a opiate receptor antagonist. I won't go into too many details. If anybody wants to know anything about more details or my interpretation of the data and the studies over the last 50 years, please feel free to comment or reach out to us, but I'm gonna make this very simple. Uh, the search was for a medication that deals with opiate addiction. This particular medication that they found, naltrexone, I think it was 1964 or 1967, is an opiate receptor antagonist. What does that mean? Let's take heroin, and we can always use heroin, fentanyl, morphine. These are opiate receptor agonists. That means here's the receptor, okay? Heroin goes on there, turns it on, and you have a lot of downstream effects. Turns it on, okay? And one of those effects is the high, the euphoria, the increased potential for addiction, physiological dependence, and so forth. This medication goes into that receptor, the opiate receptor, goes into multiple ones, there's many different types, but we're just gonna say opiate receptor, and turns it off. Essentially, it's an opiate receptor blocker, and we said opiate receptor antagonist. On the surface of it, this appears, this idea without thinking all of the manifestations and all of the little nuances, it seems like the perfect medication to treat opiate abuse. I'm gonna go there and turn it off. As it turned out in the early studies, it wasn't that great of a medication for treating opiate addiction, okay? This is what their original data showed. It, uh, now, given the fact that the studies weren't very well designed, there is a lot of issues with them, but some of the data showed that it was no better than placebo to use this medication for opiate addiction. Placebo meaning whether you give this medication, naltrexone, or nothing at all, the outcome for the patient was about the same. This, I'm gonna veer off to why this is for a second. In my podcast, I go into this uh, in much more detail and I will get to the present as this medication is a very popular medication and it actually falls under medication assisted treatment for opiate addiction. You see the different brands. I'll just mention one, Vivitrol. But the question is, why wasn't it that great? And here's the answer. Addiction is a much more complex disease, disease than just the opiate receptor. It's a very complex psycho, social, learning, memory, behavioral, cultural disease that you put the whole thing together and just turning off the receptor and locking somebody out doesn't mean that you treated the disease. 
you can actually now administer this medication in uh, three different ways. There's the oral route, which is uh, the 50 milligram dose. There is the implant that is one to two months, depending on what manufacturer you're getting it from. And there's the usual shot, which is an uh, intramuscular. I think it's 380 uh, milligrams, which is uh, Vivitrol. Vivitrol is the common name. It's very highly marketed. It's very often used. This is the medication. These are the routes of administration. It is very commonly nowadays used for medication-assisted treatment. And here's my position on this medication for opiates as far as any kind of treatment goes. It is overused and overmarketed. What do I mean by that? Number one, blocking the receptor is not medication-assisted treatment. It's really relapse prevention. The utility of this medication is relapse prevention. Let me give an example so we can think about how this really plays out, okay? And a lot of people are, you know, when someone is just, let's say they've been using heroin for about 10 years, okay? There's a lot of dysfunction. There's a lot of physiological, there's a lot of chemical, and there's a lot of psychosocial behavioral dysfunction. If I just go in there and block the receptor, I'm not really treating the disease and oftentimes uh, and this is a colloquial recourse that i'm referring to i've seen people uh, cut the implants out if they're using an implant they increase their methamphetamines or benzo use you're just simply not treating the addiction what is the time that uh, this medication is good for any type of opiate addiction you have to have a highly motivated patient and or someone that is very far along in their recovery. Highly motivated folks, airline folks, truck drivers, professionals. These are guys that, let's say they get caught or they come to their boards and it is open knowledge that they have a substance abuse issue. They might be some pills, it might be much less than the average young person that we see nowadays. They have to be highly motivated to stay clean. Uh, in addition, when there is legal consequences and professional licensing consequences, this gives that professional licensing body or the organization that you're dealing with some security that you won't be doing your highly sensitive job under the influence of drugs. That's one situation that this is not a bad medication for. Other situations where I see this medication could be used for. In fact, I had a patient today in my office. He's been on Suboxone for seven years, okay? And now he's tapering down off of Suboxone. He's down to maybe 0.25 milligrams a day. He is a very functional, robust person that is in recovery and is going to do well. And he mentioned today to me, Doc, I've been on this medication, Suboxone, for seven years. I'm a little bit nervous. By next month, I'm going to be getting off of it. And to that person, I suggested, you know what? If you like, we can do a shot of Vivitrol, which is the uh, you know intramuscular injection, to give you a little sense of security for one to two months. And we could use it in that way to get you over that hump of psychological insecurity of being off of Suboxone. His response was fantastic. Let's do that. I should be off of the Suboxone in one month. Okay. So uh, by the way, this medication was approved by the FDA in 1984 in the United States for treatment for opiate addiction, okay? 
my to recap what this medication is it's an opiate receptor blocker basically it goes in there and just locks the opiate receptor uh it was originally the search was for uh, treating opiate addiction and the original study showed that it really wasn't that robust in treating opiate addiction i hinted at why addiction is a very complex psychosocial disease and to just block somebody out it's basically like throwing someone in jail someone who's a schizophrenic locking him up and say you should be cured this would be a good analogy and then i talked about who this medication would be good for and i think it is good for highly motivated individuals and or someone that is well into their recovery and i always say this is not maintenance medication this is relapse prevention medication okay uh that's about uh, uh kind of sums up very briefly what this medication is how it's used i will add one more thing in the last several years because there is so much cultural discourse in the united states about abstinence this has been sort of like really well promoted and very much advocated by many patients families loved ones and even at the uh, societal level or public policy that this is a way to go to that extent the marketing has been very heavy for this medication and furthermore there's been a lot of data published in the last few years on this medication i will sum all of that into and this is my opinion it's my professional opinion the data is garbage okay it, it's just not good robust data and i could say this across the board about clinical data and all kinds of clinical journals but i will say the data is garbage and it's not very strong and even SAMHSA nowadays is promoting this as an alternative, uh, one of the medications that's approved and used for uh, uh, treatment of opiate addiction. My professional opinion is that it is overused, it is overutilized, and it should be used with a lot more caution, any form of it that you decide, whether it's the implant or the um, intramuscular uh, injection or the oral uh, version, which is the least uh, desirable one to use. I will add one more thing. In the United States, it is just coming out, but let me tell you what this medication is very good for. It's good as one of the components of treatment for alcoholism. It reduces uh, cravings, and here's how it works. Uh, you might ask, well, what does alcoholism have, have to do with blocking the opiate receptors? The alcohol system is extremely complex. And one of the things that it turns on is the dopamine system, the mesolimbic system, and the euphoric effect that you get from turning that system on. And one of the places that alcohol eventually hits down the line is turning that system on. So let me give you an example. I take one drink. I feel a little bit better. I take another drink. I feel a little bit better. And the issue with addiction is I can't stop because I start to feel better than I take enough where I feel like crap. Well, one of the reasons amongst the three or four systems that I feel better is I turn on the dopamine system and the opiate system. If I block the opiate system with naltroxone, that system doesn't get turned on. And the data behind it over the last 10, 15, 20, 30 years is pretty good that it helps 
certain aspects of alcoholism and it should be in the regiment and the repertoire of the arsenal that you use for alcohol addiction. What's interesting is that, you know, until a few years ago when I was trying to tell people, well, I'm going to put you on this, no one knew what it was and no one really cared. And some of the insurance companies at that time, if I recall correctly, weren't really paying for it. If you read the European literature, there is treatment for opiates, there is treatments for alcoholism, and people do well. Well, in terms of alcohol, naltrexone is a very robust drug. That about sums it up in a very brief, brief introduction and synopsis of naltrexone, Vivitrol, and some of the other formulations that are used in treating opiate addiction and my position on it. It was found in the 60s. It was an opiate receptor blocker. It, I don't believe that the data is very strong in terms of using it as medication-assisted treatment. I think of it as relapse prevention treatment. And in the right select group of patients, it has its efficacy and utility. Uh, if you would like to learn more about the side effects of naltrexone, which is a question that people commonly ask, please click right here and there'll be another short video answering those questions.